Hello and welcome to Nested Folders, a podcast all about productivity and nerding out about that. My name is Rosemary Orchard and I'm joined as always by my fellow co-host Scotty Jackson. Hey Scotty, how are you? Hi Rose, I am really well, thank you. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, I get to talk to you again, one of my favorite weekly items, or almost weekly items. One of these days we'll get that right. Oh, yeah. Speaking of weekly, if you'd like bonus nested folders, then, of course, you can find our entire podcast over at nestedfolderspodcast.com. But supporters of our podcast can check out our premium feed at nestedfolderspodcast.com slash unnested. And uh, that includes a bonus episode every month where you can ask a question and, yep, it's pretty good chance that we are going to put it in our backlog to answer it. We have got some good things there, lots of people sending us email, but you can use the AMA feature too. But with that out of the way, one of the things I wanted to talk about today, or the thing I wanted to talk about today, was uh, complication and simplification, because Mm. I think they're two sides of the same coin. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of places where complications and simplification really fit into our workflow and into our lives, and uh, perhaps other places where we should uh, seek to uh, fit them in more. Uh, What do you think about that, Scotty? I think the only complications I need in my life are the ones on my watch. Uh, Well. But I'm yeah, sh- yeah. Uh, complicated, I, compli- complex things, though, I think are, are genuinely like the biggest source of stress for me when it comes to thinking about projects. Because until I take the time to simplify and break things down, I tend to think about um, the project as a task, which is um, really stressful because it doesn't work that way, right? Like, like build fence is not a task. <laughs> That's, 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 that, that is a project. And so until I take the time to break that complex idea down, especially if I've never built a fence before and do not have a natural talent for such things. Hi. Uh, I think that that, uh, uh, is, is highly problematic. And so I'm really interested in, in some of your ideas about how, uh, you're handling this. And, uh, I've got some ideas too, about some ways that I've recently approached, uh, simplifying things a little bit. Yes, and I've got some examples too because I've had quite a few things recently where it's been like, well, complications, and you know that's it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 the other thing I find that goes hand in hand with complications is excessive detail, and it can really bog oh. even the most zen person down. And what are we actually gaining from this excessive level of detail? Uh, and this is something uh, I had at work recently. We we had an interesting issue uh, where things that should have worked and really ought to have worked uh, did not work and unsurprisingly people were unhappy about this Hmm. um but in order to fix it we had to go into a ridiculous amount of detail um and it wasn't actually our problem in the first place which really 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 bugged me Uh, and so i i sent off an email when asked to produce you know fifty thousand pages of documentation with a very simple question why? Um, and there was no good answer, so I got away with providing a reasonable amount of explanation and documentation. But I didn't have to do the excessive stuff, which, you know, I, I feel that that is often a good place to start, you know, with the why. You know, mm-hmm. why do we need this compli- level of complication? Why do we need this level of detail? And why do we need this overall? That is a great approach to first thing. And I, I know I've had some recent cases of this as well is that it especially if you make the mistake of going down this never-ending spiral of detail it gets really really easy to lose sight of the outcome that you're even chasing so like if someone says we need this thing um 
it can be very tempting perhaps to say, okay, let's get to work and figure out how we're going to do this thing. And it can be really hard to say, wait a minute, why do you want that thing? What problem is that thing going to help you solve? Is there maybe a better way of solving that problem? Is there even a problem at all? So I, I, there was, there was someone I I, I worked with uh, recently who, who, who reminded his team to fall in love with problems, not solutions. So, uh, and I didn't know what that meant at first. I had to sit with that for a little bit and I thought, oh, that, but the more I think about it, the more I see the value in that, which is remembering um, what I'm, I'm not after a, a, a particular thing necessarily. I'm after solving a particular problem and that could take different shapes. And, and I think the more um, ill-fitting a solution can be, the more detail and conflict complexity you have to go into in order to make it fit. So the irony is that is that I think the, the best solution often tends to be the more elegant and potentially easy to put together. Um, however, it's more upfront work to figure out what that might even be. Yes. And I think that, that that is something that we so easily get pigeonholed into doing, right? Yes, I need to do this thing because it solves this problem. And, you know, sometimes you start down a path and you realize that what you're doing is not necessarily a great thing. Um, and that's when you need to step, take, you know, not one step back, but a couple of steps back and go back to the problem, as you were saying, Scotty, because it's so easy to go, oh, so I need to solve this problem, which means I need to write this script and I need to do this thing and I need these 16 people to go off and do these things for me. And, you know, and six months later, you, you still haven't solved the actual problem mm-hmm. that you had in the first place. Um, because, you know, that's what it is. What, what is the problem that we're trying to solve? Um, and also, what bugs you in a day? Because, you know, the, the the little things that bug you every day, they are complications in our lives. And mm-hmm. why are they in our day? Uh, why are we doing them? And what what are we gaining from them? And is that worth the, the potential angst that they are adding to our lives? It's true. I mean, and I was thinking about this as I was putting together a very few, admittedly, very few notes uh, in preparation for this conversation, I was thinking about like how, okay, it's just a small task, like that's no big deal. But for a task to show up on my daily to-do list in my system, that's some pretty primo real estate because that is going to cost attention and it's going to take my consideration, uh, not just for this task, but uh, it'll compete with other things. So um, sure, the the actual task or act of doing that might be small, but you know, if it's going to take the time to appear on on my list, boy, I hope it's something that is important to do um, and not, you know, an annoyance or um, a, a piece that is a distraction or um, complexity for complexity's sake. Um, I think one of the areas in this that can be an absolute monster for me are, uh, I guess, maybe two sides of the same coin here, but um, habits and assumptions. Uh, I think these things often lead to um, unnecessary uh, work or complexity um, because you get start relying on muscle memory to do things as opposed to thinking, again, back to that, you know, whole outcome of like, what is the problem I'm even solving here? Um, you, you, relying on those instead of, you know, very deliberate conscious thought, uh, breaking down uh, what seems to be complex into smaller pieces. Um, for example, I, there's, a, there's a team at, 
at my work that my team partners with on a regular basis. And every week I produce a report for them that shows, you know, here are the things that we have in process and in progress so that they are aware of where we're at. And uh, I checked in with them uh, a week and a half ago and I said, oh, so because they had some personnel changes and I said, oh, so here's this report that we've also been producing. And they said, yeah, uh, we actually don't read that. Oh, oh, okay, cool, cool. You don't need that. That's awesome. Well, uh, thank you, though. Now I've put a whole bunch of time back into my life because I don't need to do this work that I've been doing weekly for the last year. And so, I mean, while it may be a little bit um, jaw clenchy to find out, oh, boy, I've been wasting my time. At least I know now. And I can and it, and it has reminded me that there is a value in validating the things that you are doing when other people are involved to say, hey, this work that I'm doing, is that satisfying your needs? Is that something that you use? Is that creating value for you? And if the answer is no, boy, oh boy, this is a great place to simplify and take steps out of an overall process because uh, I'm betting that there are probably a bunch of hidden places where I, I, I do this kind of stuff where I'm putting effort or thought or time into something that I think is useful for others that maybe not be. And so taking the time to confirm with others uh, what it is that you're doing and how you're doing it uh, is probably a really great approach to simplifying uh, what could be a multifaceted or complex or um, a varied kind of body of work that you do. Yes. And that is something that I think we we should all do, you know, like take take a, a stock of what you're doing in your life and what you're gaining from it. And also ask the other people you're producing stuff for, you know, like, does, does this actually do something for you? You know, does does me emailing you at nine o'clock every morning with this PDF actually help you do your job? Or is there perhaps a better way of doing this, uh, which may temporarily add a bit more complication, but then it simplifies things because mm -hmm. that is, of course, the other side of the coin. Because one of the things I have been struggling with recently, uh, so the start of, uh, you know, the, the end of the world as we, we thought it, uh, in March, I, I moved back to the UK on short notice and stayed with my parents for six months, which meant that I got out of the habit of feeding myself on a regular basis with, you know, like grocery shopping and cooking and all those things. I did all those things. I just did them less frequently, considerably less frequently, because I was living with two other adults. So we split the duties. Mm -hmm. um, and now I have to do 100% of this myself. And I was getting kind of stressed out. Now, I wasn't not eating. I, I always had food, but I realized I wasn't necessarily eating a balanced diet. And I was going shopping when I was hungry, making bad choices. And then there would be not great food in the cupboards and all sorts of things. And, you know, and then you have the whole thing where you, you check the fridge to see whether or not there's stuff in the fridge that you need to eat and to plan into it and then you end up cleaning the fridge and then you forget about <laughs> shopping and three days later you have no food and so you go and buy something but again you're hungry it's not a great choice and you end up stuck in this cycle um and one of the things that i realized here was first of all i need to not buy junk food, not buy takeout on a frequent basis, even though the Thai place down the road is great. Um, and I need to put things on a schedule and turn things into habits, which is more work up front. Absolutely. But if every week I sit down and I plan out my meals, um, and if every week I clean the fridge, no matter what, 
then guess what? My fridge is always clean, so I don't get sidetracked when I shop my fridge for groceries to make sure that I've got things. And if I'm using a funky app, like uh, I currently use Crouton, um, then it you know, it works uh, and it makes my life feel simple. And I can go through and build a meal plan very easily, adds all the ingredients, I can check off the things that I've already got and chuck the rest in, you know, my, my task manager. And off I go to the grocery store with no problems, no concerns, and considerably less stress. Now, it takes time to get into the habits. It takes time to set things up. It takes time to clean the fridge every week or, you know, however often you feel you need to do it. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel so much more zen about this. And I feel like things have been simplified because I've broken down the project of feed myself uh, into <laughs> plan meals for the week, right. buy food cook food on this day at this time because i i know what my podcasting schedule is usually at the start of the week um and and so i can figure out okay so that means on tuesday i'm gonna eat early because i i had uh, a meeting and then i had uh an apple event at surprise prize and then and then after after the apple event i i had i was on my break weekly and so i knew that i needed to eat early so that i wouldn't be starving you know in the middle of a podcast which was good so i figured that out and planned that in so i had an easier you know just throw it in the oven you know type meal and it was healthy and tasty and there were plenty of vegetables and i felt good about it because i'd taken the time to simplify that area of my life oh that's good that's really good um I think, uh, I think for me, that, that's an interesting example too of, you know, a, a surprising problem that you, you didn't anticipate because I, I think that's one of those things that you would take for granted, right? Eating. Yeah. Um, like I've been doing, dealing with this for, you know, like 10 years, uh, more than that by myself. No problem. But it took six months to get out of the habit. And boy, oh boy, was that a, a hard realization to realize that I didn't know how to feed myself anymore. <laughs> right. Wow. I mean, obviously I did. I didn't lose the ability to cook. I didn't lose the ability to grocery shop or meal plan. It was just I was completely out of all of those habits that I had. Um, and I, I needed to adjust things. Mm -hmm. Recalibrate my norm. That's, a, that's good. That's good. I've, I've been... Um, um, playtesting a uh, working model that I've got for uh, breaking down com complexity for unknown uh, type bodies of work. Uh, I was talking about building a fence uh, earlier because I built a fence this past summer uh, in conjunction with our neighbor. I am not handy at all. I learned an awful lot of things, which is great. Um, and, and so I, in going through that exercise and in looking at other bodies of work that have come my way that I am inexpert in because I haven't done before, I've been kind of starting to approach this, uh, solving that and um, removing complexity by looking at the body of work through four different lenses. Um, the first one is like, what do I know? So start like giving a home for all the facts and data and bits, um, you know, uh, about the body of work, whether that's, you know, who is involved or what the outcome is meant to be or where things come from or what tools are involved or what constraints there are. Like, what are the what are the facts that I know? And then the, the second lens is, well, then what do I wonder about? So what are the things that knowing if I look at the, the list of things that I know, what don't I know? Uh, and, and how do I start to park questions or, or develop questions about that that I can later look to answer? Um, the third is, how do I feel about that? And I mean, maybe that's a little bit too touchy-feely for a lot of people, but I, I need to honor that because uh, I get really, really invested in my work and, and I, I care about that. And so I feel like 
<laughs> I feel like my feelings uh, become important. So uh, how, uh, what do I know? What do I wonder about? How do I feel about that? And then lastly, therefore, what am I going to do? So uh, it, it almost becomes a little bit procedural in that like first, what do I know? Then what do I wonder? Then how do I feel? And then what do I do? I feel like that model and process has been really, really helpful for me in terms of breaking down these complex or unknown bodies of work like build fence into, uh, okay, now I can I can go through what I know, which is very little, but I can start to itemize some facts, you know, fans. Fences are made out of wood and I'm going to need many boards and those boards will need to be measured and cut and then there will be posts and, and so on and so forth. Uh, and then work through that process all the way down to, okay, go to hardware lumber store and buy boards. Okay, I can do that. I've, I've now taken this like super uh, un, uh, unknown complex body of work, at least to me, and put it in a frame of now here's a thing I can do. David Allen author of Getting Things Done, talking about this getting to cranking widgets, right? So where you get to this point of like, can you can you crank a widget? Can you can you do the simple task? Now you can start to get some momentum on things because you've broken this previously undefined thing into smaller bits. That is one of the ways in which I've been accomplishing that for myself a bit. Yes. And that's one of those things, you know, you have to figure out what are those things that you're good at and what are those things that you're not so good at and not feel bad about the fact that you're not necessarily great at everything because guess what there are things that every single human out there sucks at it's just that we all have a different combination of things that we suck at um you know in my case it turned out that grocery shopping was something i am no longer good at in the uk um and that is a skill i am attempting to relearn uh but you know i'm getting there i'm making progress and it sounds like you know your fence is up and it works and mm -hmm. you know you haven't lost a dog or gained a dog because of the fence mm. so i'm i'm presuming that all things are are working in fenceland um, all things are working in fence land uh, but that's that's interesting the the way you put that about uh you know realizing what you're not good at and i think that's to me that's probably one of the great hallmarks of a good productivity system whether that's you know the system that actually holds your 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 tasks and actions and commitments or just like the system you know the, the processes by which you think through things is how good are you at putting in compensating measures for the ways in which you are a human, because there's an inherent weakness in that, in that our brains only do so much and our bodies only do so much. And B, uh, a, a human with a uh, particular and unique set of skills and abilities. So uh, how do you uh, compensate for the ones that you don't have? By involving other people, by invoking these kinds of problem-solving methodologies, and so on and so forth. And I think, I think it, it, when you start to get um, clear about the problem that you're solving, which is that, I mean, if you want to call it a problem, I am who I am. And so uh, if I if I position that as a problem in that I can't do all the things that I wish I could do, what kind of compensating measures can I put in place for myself um, in terms of, you know, methodologies or mechanisms or tools or other people uh, to make myself more effective and productive in the ways in which I wish I were? Yes, and that's definitely something that we should all be looking at, you know, yeah, how can I make this work for me? Mm -hmm. Um and the other thing is is if something is a complication in your life, should it be in your life? 
can you get rid of this thing entirely? Be that mm. by giving it to somebody else to do, because realistically, it actually belongs in their task suite better. Or maybe you can just kill it and uh ideally with fire because you know that makes all of us happy um but you know can you can you just get rid of these things entirely and simplify your life by removing this complication in its entirety because you know that can be very satisfying you know like that report you were talking about earlier scotty just being able to go i don't need to do this anymore woohoo great mm -hmm. i'm happy moving on what are the other 80,000 things in my task management system that I would like to do? Because uh, this week I have been realizing that I am not very good at the whole relaxing thing. And so I've been making time to watch Star Trek Discovery because I was so behind on the relaxing. I didn't even realize that the new season was releasing. So I've had a couple of episodes to catch up on. And oh, that's been great. I've, I've been very happy enjoying the catching up. It's been very good for me. Um, but it's it's one of those things where you know if you if you uh feel like you're not so good at it, then suddenly getting everything together can be complex and annoying and frustrating. So sometimes the 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 way to get rid of your problem is to learn more about your problem as well and explore you know the needs that you have and the way that you're trying to achieve it and see if you can uh, learn something to improve that there. That's true. I think as you as you talked about that, I was thinking, you know, it, it's going to be tough, though, because you, you can't, it's not realistic to think that every time a task is presented to you, or either by someone else or by your systems or by your own mind, it, it would become pretty um, stressful and tough to question and challenge every single one. Uh, I think you'd oh, drive yeah. yourself and bonkers. No, you, you can't do that. You, you've just got to, you know, like do it a minimal amount but if something you know is coming up and it's bothering you then you know it's worth taking a look at the why that it's bothering you there but exactly not looking, don't don't go looking for problems let problems present themselves uh because you know they always will there right. there is always something out there going waiting for you to notice it and going hey look at me i'm a problem come solve me totally. and, uh, some of us are good at resisting these things and sometimes you know the correct solution the correct way to avoid a complication is to ignore the fact that it could be a complication and just to proceed but it very much depends on who you are and what exactly is going on that's very true. That is very true. I think, though, that there might be some merit into building in to uh, maybe a less frequent review cadence, like probably not, certainly not daily, maybe not even weekly, maybe more like monthly or quarterly to build into a review cycle to say, hey, I'm going to go through my project list, you know, the things that I have or the commitments that I have in front of me, and I'm going to take a time to step back and say, why am I doing these things? And it's not necessarily with the goal of trying to delete as much as possible, but it is like worthwhile to maybe ask those questions so that you can say, mm, is there a better way? Is there a better approach? And maybe it is as straightforward as do I even need to do this? But I think uh, certainly not being challenging all the things and going looking for problems like you say, but um, carving out some time to, to uh, that is specifically allocated to again not problem hunt but just to review and reflect on what it is we're doing and why we're even doing it to, to think about ways of simplifying or streamlining or 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 
Yes, and that's the thing. You know, there there's a whole bunch of things, but definitely including it in a less frequent review is something that I would do. I would steer far away from looking at this in a daily or weekly review. In some cases, monthly may even be too much, depending on mm. what, you know, other tasks and levels of things you have going on in your life. Uh, especially at the moment, I feel everybody ought to cut themselves at least some slack because guess what? Uh, you know, the world is not what we were expecting it to be right now. Um, and, you know, that that, that's life um so you know sometimes it is okay to ignore the the complications in your life and just focus on getting the things done and cranking the widgets and sometimes you need to review the complications for simplification opportunities absolutely and keep in mind too that like every decision or action or whatever you you make that can save yourself even if you just save yourself a minute or two here and there Boy, oh boy, if you do that enough times, that really adds up. Like in a lot of ways, I know that I am accomplishing a lot more of the things in my life that I want to do because I have taken the time to really reflect on and review and think through the things that I have to do um, and to do those in the most optimal ways and to uh, ignore the things that I don't have to even do at all. Um, so that I can reinvest that time uh, in other ways. Uh, and I think that the payoff there can be so, so great um, to, you know, do that meta thinking about ways of working and, and, and simplifying and, and just being on the alert for these kinds of complexities. Uh, and so that when they do present themselves, uh, you're taking that little bit of extra effort uh, to stop them uh, before they get you uh, saves a lot of work on the back end. Constant vigilance. That's that's what we need. Constant to do vigilance. That's a good. That's a good theme. Yes. Well, I think that's pretty much it for today, Scotty. In the meantime, if you are looking for more information about us or more episodes, you can find us at nestedfolderspodcast.com, where we also have a contact form and an email address. So if you want to get in touch with us there, then we love your feedback. Similarly, we are also on Twitter at nestedfolders. And again, feel free to tweet at us. Uh, we do love hearing of what you think of our episodes. Scotty, where can people find you? People can find me at heyscottyj.com or by the same name also on Twitter. And yes, I love getting in touch with all the people. Rosemary Orchard, where might people find you? Uh, you can find me at rosemaryorchard.com, which includes links back to nested folders and, of course, a few of the other things that I do. You do a lot of things. I, I do. It's, it's fun. <laughs> in the meantime, we'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Goodbye, everyone. Bye for now, all.